For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon here with NFL Draft Analyst Ryan Roberts, and we are doing our interior offensive line rankings part two. We're doing the guards today. And Ryan, I have to say, this is a very, 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 very underwhelming show ranking these guards. I was not bored, but highly deterred by... The names that I had to pick from to try and put together a top five. And I'm going to come out right now, Ryan, and say this. I have absolutely no confidence in this list. I have, I just, I am not, like, I think this could be completely reshuffled, and I hope it is. But I, I really did not have any guys, except for the top two, that I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm putting my stamp on these guys. I really like these guys. The mm-hmm. rest, it's it's a hodgepodge of, of nothingness. I almost stopped at four. Really? I'm not joking. Wow. I was at four, and then I had, like, me and Joe were talking about this before the show. I ended up watching 13 guys. It wasn't all just this week, like, 13 that I've watched up until this point. And I probably had about five or six guys that I was trying to talk myself into at number five. Mm-hmm. And I eventually settled on one guy, but I was like, huh, I don't feel good about this at all. <laughs> I did a very similar thing, and we're going to get to – what the end result of that was at number five. And I think it's, it'll be a very pleasant surprise for you, Ryan, uh, to see who ended up making that spot. I got, I went, I went, went, sorry, I'll let you ask a question, but I just wanted to say for the fifth spot, I took a, I know we're not showing, we're not telling anybody yet who it is, but I went with complete traits at number five because I just was like, I'm going to take someone that may have upside because everybody else, Sucks. Isn't very good. No, I don't, no, don't say sucks. Needs improvement. Let's say needs improvement. A little behind. Uh, I got to ask, though, did you include the Kansas State kid? Yes. Okay. So I think if I had the Kansas State kid, my list would be a little bit better. But we're, we're going to get into, into all this uh, doing the same way that we did the centers. We're going to alternate back and forth from number five. Before we get to it, though, folks, I want to tell you about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball championship finals, which already happened. Thanks for the updated read. NHL hockey, the uh, Stanley Cup finals, Major League Baseball, and latest fighting news, and even next season's NFL futures. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get your bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. 
All right, Ryan, let's start us off here. So I'm going to start us off with number five. And you hinted at the fact about basically how I ended up with my guy that Mm -hmm. you almost stopped at four. And Ryan, I stopped at four. I chose not to have a fifth guy because I didn't like I I I sat here trying to watch guys and talking myself into it. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to sit here and do this. I obviously need I haven't watched enough players. I watched I watched. Eight you watch guys. Eight, you watch eight guys, so there, that means it's more but, than five. <laughs> but I, none of the remaining guys were good enough to go with five. I wasn't going to force myself to do it. I need to watch more, more guards. Just put someone in no, five. No, I Jesus. refuse. None of the guys that I watched were good, and the remaining guys that are the two above them are also not that good. I, Joe, this isn't how that works, though. You're not. We're not saying like five of these guys are going to be top you know 100 picks we're saying that these are the top five guys that we've watched so far you watch I, at least five guys you have to put someone in five you have to that's not how this works this is in a vacuum this isn't in i a, in refuse <laughs> you're not you're but but ryan this is what this guard class has done to me this is what this group of guys has done to me is that i i i, I was so annoyed watching these guys i'm like the rest of these guys don't deserve to be on the list Here's what I will say, Joe. Joe, I, wait, 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 wait. I was wait, wait, literally wait. in the same spot where I'm like, I don't want a fifth person. We didn't talk about this before the show. Okay. I was literally like, do I want to include a fifth guy on the list? And I was like, yes, I have to because I watched 13 guys. A lot of screaming. Um, uh, it doesn't make any sense. Cop out. Okay. It's a All cop right. out. It's not a cop out. It's a I would have put in Jordan McFadden at five, but put I put him at five. Okay, put him fine. At five. he is a fake number five on my list. Jordan oh McFadden from Clemson. The reason why I didn't want to include him is that I liked him as a prospect. I talked about how I felt that he was technically further along than some of these other players. I liked his body placement, which tends to be, and his, his, his hand placement, his angles, his understanding of, of leverage, where he needs to be, those various things. That tends to be the case for smaller guys what they need to do to succeed. The reason why I couldn't necessarily buy into him and I felt like I didn't want to put a stamp on him at number five was because of the size issue. Because I think that he could either use those deficiencies and work past them and end up being a a decent backup player. He can really only play guard. Maybe he can play some center. We haven't seen him snap before. But I think that those size limitations could also prevent him from having more than a, a two or three year career in the NFL. Was that so hard? No, but I it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard, man. Uh, Good job. Good job. Do you want to hear who I have at number five? Who do you have at number five? <laughs> You'll never guess who I have at number five. McClendon Curtis? No. Okay, no, good. No, no. I did want to mention McClendon Curtis at the, at yeah. the end, though, because I do think he's worth the mentioning. But mm-hmm. I had Ladarius Henderson from Arizona State. At number five, I did not watch him. So, what what are your thoughts on him? So he is. If you go to the Rise and Draft database, Joe, he is listed at verified six foot four, three hundred and ten pounds, thirty five and three eighth inch arms, mm. and a seven two wingspan as a guard. And I was like, does this guy play tackle for Arizona State? Before I watched him, when I watched him, nope, plays left guard. And part of it, I think, is because I, I apparently he did play some tackle early on in his career, but Kellen Deesh was their starting left tackle last year, who was a guy that I kind of liked a little bit in last year's cycle. I don't know if he's going to move back out to tackle or not, but either way, there's some traits to work with there, man. There is. He's a pretty light athlete, moves relatively well, has long levers, good in pass protection. 
He is raw, as raw as can be. But, man, he's got length. He's got athleticism. There are some things to work with with a guy. And my favorite stat about him, directly from the database, he is a fourth-year senior this year. Did not redshirt. He's mm. been playing for multiple years. He is only 20 years old still, despite That's being so a, weird. A, entering his fourth year and being a, a graduate, potentially. Was born December 11, 2001. So he will not be 21 years old until this December. So he could be a 21-year-old rookie in the NFL. I had very similar reasoning for slotting my number four guy where I put him. I know we're supposed to, to alternate who, who goes first for these rankings, but um, I think it transitions well because the number four, and I don't know if this guy is considered to be a tackle. I think because he's like a 33 inch arm guy, despite being six foot seven, mm-hmm. I think he makes more sense as a guard, especially watching him play. But I put it number four. Who do you think it is based off what I just said, by the way? You said he's six, seven. He's six, seven, but he's got sub 34 inch arms. Oh man, a little stiff. Six Jackson Kirkland. Yeah, so number four, I went with Jackson Kirkland with, with, from Washington. So the thing with him, I watched the Michigan game, and yep. Aiden Hutchinson kicked the crap out of him. He he absolutely beat the beat the crap a, out of him a, during a, this game. A, jo- a job got him pretty good too in that game. <laughs> yeah, and I think those issues you see with him are he's got some hand placement issues, he's got some angle issues. I think the flexibility is a problem. He's not as fluid, which is why I don't think he makes sense playing tackle, but he does move really freaking well for a guy who's listed at 330 pounds and six foot seven. I, I think he needs to sink into his hips a lot more. You can tell mm-hmm. that he's really, really stiff hipped and he he does not know how to even get into his stance fully because he's so goddamn tall and long. But I, I think there's value there at the way that he moves. I think if you can coach him up and just it's not hard to work on flexibility. It it's it takes a while, but somebody needs to work on it with him and hopefully he, he improves that this this upcoming offseason. That's a good one, Joe, because he was actually a <clears throat> he was actually a starting guard early on in his career at yeah. Washington. So that makes a lot of sense. I honestly I watched him last year because I thought he was still going to come out, even though he had that disastrous game against Michigan. And then he obviously opted to return. I didn't even I forgot completely about him. So I didn't even watch him this week to refresh myself and include him in rankings, or else now that I look about it, he may have been in this top five guards, but that's a, that's a good one, man. You did your homework there. That's a good job. Oh, th- thanks, Ryan. All right, who's your number four? Perfect. Well, I was perfect segue, man. I also have a college offensive tackle who's actually playing guard this year, but Nick Breaker, guy that we talked mm-hmm. about this week. I like Breaker, man. I, I do. I, I think that he is. I compared him a little bit to um, what's his name that came out of Auburn a couple years ago. It's a, a Driscoll. offensive uh, Jack, Jack Driscoll, Driscoll. That, that plays for the. Philadelphia Eagles now. I think that he has early on, he's going to kind of be that swing guy that can back up a tackle. He can back up inside a guard where this is going to be his mainstay. And he could save you a roster spot, I think. But long term, I think just like Jack Driscoll, who's getting an opportunity to compete for a starting job this year inside a guard, I think that he has starting upside inside. And good note on him, Joe. Um, I almost called him Jack Driscoll. Nick Breaker was actually playing left guard this year for Ole Miss. They had an offensive tackle that transferred from Western oh. Kentucky, Mason Brooks. So Mason Brooks is starting at right tackle. They had Jeremy Janes at left tackle. So we're going to see Nick Breaker at guard this hmm. year. So that, That's interesting that they're bumping him into guard, but honestly, I think better for his projection. And I, I put him at number three on my rankings. 
I, I like Breaker too, and I think the big reason why I'm I'm high on him is that versatility, that the fact that he's played tackle, he's now going to play guard, and I think we might actually have a higher evaluation on him after the season once we see a full season of playing guard. It's not easy to fully project how these guys do when they transition from outside to inside because the, the positions are more different than we actually consider them to be. But Breaker, you indicated there, that experience in multiple positions, I really like. Uh, the one thing I mentioned when we did that breakdown show, I think he needs to work on lunging and leaning too much. And I think he can get yeah. away with that a little bit more playing guard than he does at tackle. But I think Breaker definitely makes sense at three. And anyone who can do multiple things is always going to get a, a nod in these well, circumstances. Well, well, that little bit of waist bending that he has on film, I think that that will get remedied by moving into guard because he right. won't have to play outside of his frame as much as he yeah, does and there's now, not right? as much, um, not as much room to, for error. Everything's going to be a lot more exactly. close quarters. Exactly. Exactly. When, when, when guys are more athletic and bendier, you have to kind of overcompensate. So that's why he is going to get overextended at times inside a guard. Everything's going to be in tighter, tighter spaces, tighter quarters, like you just said. So, I think he'll be able to play within his frame because I think when Nick Breaker plays within his frame, again, I posted a, mm. a clip of him, um, you know, getting inside positioning on, on an on um, a drive block on Demarvin Leal and just kind of sealing him outside. And when he plays in his frame, he's got some power and he's a pretty good player, man. So yeah, I like Nick Breaker for that one. Number three, Joe, your favorite player. I bet he's number one on your list. Guarantee it. Christian Mahogany. Christian Mahogany is number three for me. Yep. I like Mahogany, man. Like he's he's powerful. He's a solid athlete. It, it doesn't help his cause that he's not going to be able to play this year. But I, I I do think that there's some concerns to be had with lack of length. I see him slip off the of blocks a little bit. But when he gets inside of you, he's got some finish power. He's got some natural power. He's got some physicality to him, and he's a solid enough athlete. So I like Christian Mahogany. I think he has. He should probably have a similar thing to Nick Breaker where he's going to have to, you know, kind of be eased along early if he ends up declaring anyway due to the injury this offseason. But I really do think that he has starter upside eventually. But I think that he's a guy that for me needs to be taken along a little slower, just in my opinion. I don't want to go too far on Christian Mahogany because I'm going to wait till I get to him later on. But I, I really like Mahogany. And if he hadn't gotten hurt, I think it would be more definitive for me to say this deserves to be guard one i am significantly higher on him than you are like i i, I i'll get to him when i get to him on the list yep. but i just i think there is value for how he moves the power profile that he has and then i just love dudes who are always looking for work guys who are are, are pricks as you called it that are looking to just to hit dudes to hit dudes when the play might be close to over just because yep. they love the contact it's it's always a positive when i call an offensive lineman a prick on this show yes. that's that is i was if i was an offensive lineman at one point and Honestly, I, if, if any yeah. listener gets offended by that, that we're calling these guys pricks, they don't know football because linemen take pride in being called a prick. Like they, yeah. they love that. Same thing with defensive linemen, same thing with linebackers. Those <laughs> are the most aggressive positions on the field. Like they want to be called a prick because it means that they're just hitting people to hit people. Some sometimes guys that aren't even like crazy talented last in the NFL because they're pricks. Like I mean, it's yeah. it's a good Richie thing. Cognito is a good example. Well, Rich, Richie was a pretty good athlete too coming out of Nebraska, but he's a good yeah. example for the fact that he went from probably being a good player off of traits to being a really good player because he was a prick. Like he wanted right. to dominate the person in front of him, and sometimes took people. it a little too far. <laughs> but uh, he was still a very good player at his peak. There's no doubt about it. 
Okay, so you gave your number three. I gave my number three. Who's your number two? Osiris Torrance, offensive guard from Louisiana that transferred to Florida this offseason. Six foot five, 340 plus pounds, vines for arms, just massive dude. He has a seven foot wingspan. He, outside of Ladarius Henderson, who's my number five, he's got the longest wingspan. This kid is a scheme dependent guard. Think Kevin Dotson, who was another Louisiana guy. Think Trey Jackson, who came out of Florida State a few years ago. That was a really good guard in the next level. He needs to be in a power based scheme. But when he is in a power based scheme, he has some rare displacement power. Like this kid is an absolute bully. And I think that he's a functional enough athlete to be good in pass protection, good enough in pass protection. But his his biggest forte, man, is always going to be he moves the line of scrimmage. He is a physically, physically imposing guy. And I think that he has still substantial upside because I think that he's going to get even – I mean, well – it's going to be a similar coaching staff because he followed Billy Napier from Louisiana to Florida. But playing in the SEC where technique is going to matter more than just natural gifts, I think that's going to help Osiris Torrance a ton. And I would not be shocked. I would actually be surprised if he was not a senior bowler next year. Despite me nitpicking him a little bit on the early week show this week, I still really like Osiris Torrance. You talked about the traits that make a lot of sense. He's very powerful. He's so freaking strong. Like he can bully dudes when he wins uh, wins on his reps. It's he's overpowering the hell out of them. And the strength that he has allows him to not only overpower but significantly overpower opposing defensive linemen. The one mm-hmm. thing for me, and I, I, right now I see him as a, a round four guy. I can't really buy into him any higher than that. I really just need him to cut down a little bit of freaking weight because his feet are so damn slow and it's just that was the only thing that was so frustrating for me because i watched him and i liked him the the power all that stuff is great but it was just such a a a, an ick for me seeing these these these, the slow feet that he has and the inability to redirect i just want i think if he can improve on that Mm -hmm. then it'd be easier to be higher on him it was a what for you ick an ick you've never heard that word is that like icky? Like, well, you know, it's it, the usage is is not great, but here I am uh, bringing more words to the scouting community. You're welcome, scouting community and football fans. <laughs> Ick is usually a word to describe like if you're if you're like dating somebody and then they do something that you're just like super turned off by. So like you, you might like go on a couple of dates with somebody and then they might do something really cringy and then you'll be like, oh, I'm no longer into this person. Used ick directly from dictionary.com used to express disgust. Oatmeal yes. ick is the sentence. Oh, uh, it's more of a the usage I'm using is more of like a slang usage than that the literal definition. Also, there's there's a another form of the word, a noun that is an unpleasantly sticky or congealed substance. Yeah, that's not what I'm going for, buddy. That's not <laughs> There was, two, there was two definitions. I'm just working through them. Yeah, but I'm going. I'm going off of the, uh, the 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 slang term, not the quite literal definition. I'm I'm just out here trying to make. Is this on? Is this I'm, on? What'd you call it then? What's the Urban that, Dictionary. Uh, urban I Dictionary. No, I don't know. I don't I'm know, man. I'm just trying to bring more words to the scouting community because you know we're we're talking about all arm elasticity and then uh, you know just don't making shit it. up. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Yesterday, you compared someone to Mike Wazowski. Today, you're calling someone icky. 
No, I didn't say he's icky. He <laughs> no, I'm just me kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I will continue to dumb down football as the f- former football player on this show. I will continue to dumb down football as much as possible. Was, that I is a, my goal. I was, a, I was a former football player too, man. I was for slightly longer. <laughs> yes. All right. That's fair. That's fair. You know, there's no argument there. Um, we, should, we should change the title of this show to the Dumb Down Football Podcast then. I like that. You want to do that? No, I don't. <laughs> uh, Maybe okay. you change the you could change the YouTube channel to that instead of calling it the Hack City or whatever. Well, that's why we call it Hack Cities because we're we're a bunch of hacks. All right, I want to I want to finish with my my last guy. Yeah, Christian Mahogany. I am very very high on injury mm-hmm. is going to completely screw up his draft projection. I think pre injury, he's good enough to go early day two, end of the first round. I, I think that considering the fact that I watched him next to Osiris Torrance, that they're both 330 pounds, seeing how easily Christian Mahogany moves, that the power that you mentioned earlier that he has as well to back up that weight. And then mm-hmm. again, I am obsessed with guys that are always looking to hit dudes. That to me is is a, a tangible, intangible trait that you cannot coach in players. Sometimes offensive linemen can be inherently lazy. I like the guys that are always looking to do more during plays if it means burying someone or just getting a nice pop on a guy at the end of a play. That's why I'm a big fan of Christian Mahogany, but the problem is the knee injury, he might not come out, and if he does come out, I think that there's probably going to be a, a whole round drop in his draft stock considering the impacts that we usually get for guys that miss entire seasons and not just partial seasons uh, coming into a draft. But you kind of think that he might still declare? I don't think that it's a foregone conclusion that he won't declare. That's all I'm saying. Like, I, mm. I just, I don't, with how bad the guard class is, I think he might be like, eh, still good enough to do this type of thing. But yeah, I don't Especially know. Especially we'll me, me talking him up as a first rounder. I'm a, I, I assume he's a listener of the pod. <laughs> I, I hope that you don't give him false confidence. Then he ends up not being a first rounder and then he's going to hate you forever. Could happen. Yeah, he's he's totally going to hate me forever. <laughs> he's going to um, remember the name Joe so, DeLeon. Yeah, go ahead. So, Joe, would you uh, would you be willing to call Christian Mahogany a prick? To his face? No, I'm, <laughs> I would describe people on this podcast. I already said he was. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear the prick term come out again. No, I, I, yes, I would. I think that 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 meanness, that demeanor, to me is mm-hmm. is is significant. It's it's noticeable, and I didn't get that with any of the other guys that I watched. All right, that's fair. That's fair. All right, um, last guy. You ready for it? Yeah, the guy, the one guy I didn't watch because we didn't have all twenty-two tape, and I, I have a a a uh, a moral. I refuse to to not watch guys. You're, yes, I'm a snob. snob. It's a, a lineman, man. It's hard to watch linemen without I having understand. the freaking all twenty-two, and I don't want to. I understand evaluation out there. Go ahead. It's not a fake evaluation. I feel dirty about this, though. I do feel dirty about this. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, I mean a fake evaluation for me. You've been doing this long yeah. enough for your eyes are good enough to spot those things. But I know for a fact I'd put out some half-assed cockamamie description of a player because I'm watching half of him. All right. That's fair. That's fair. So, this and Joe kind of illustrated it. We don't have coaches film on Kansas State offense for whatever reason. I don't know why. I will get it at some point is what it is for now. I watched four games of cutups because it is harder to evaluate offensive linemen based upon those cutups than it is to watch all 22 film. And I feel very weird 
doing this, but I am putting Cooper Beebe from Kansas State as my interior offensive lineman one. Joe, I think this kid's good, man. He's good. He's 6'4", 320. Dude, he is dense, though. I, like, if you would have told me he's 330, I'd be like, yup. This is not a comparison, okay? I'm putting this out there before I say this. Yeah, be it very is not, careful. I am not comparing this young man to Quentin Nelson. But what I'm saying is, is that he has a body type similar to Quentin Nelson, okay? That's all I'm saying. This dude is thick boy all the way from calves big boy. all the way out to his shoulders, man. Like he is big boy. A, he's a big boy. And he plays left tackle for Kansas State. He is going to play guard at the at the next level. My guy has easy movement in the run game, man. Displacement power is fantastic. And a pretty solid athlete. Like it's not he's not a great athlete because again, he's a little dense and he's not and he's a little tight, but he's fine. Like he he's gonna be able to play left or right guard, in my opinion, easily. And he is just an absolute people mover. And he is also a prick. There's no like he is a bully, man. Like he's a if he doesn't make it in football, he's gonna be a bouncer at a club. Like that's what this dude is going to be. He 100 percent is man. I I am so looking forward to getting ex, uh, getting coaches film on Cooper B because my man is a good player. That's yeah, a top you, 50 football player in my really opinion. wow yeah yeah. Can you yeah. please get us some Kansas State film so I can watch I, him? I'll work on it. I'll work on All it. Right. Thank thank maybe, you. Ryan. Maybe t- he's a top 64 kid, top two okay. round guy. Definitely man. Definitely. I think okay. so. Yep. 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 I, I have to give. Uh, a quick shout out to a player who didn't make my list, and I almost talked myself into putting him on the list. Uh, just for football name, great name, uh, Juice Scruggs? Juice Scruggs. Juice Scruggs. <laughs> I watched him. Uh, best name of the class. Best name of the class. Almost put him at number five, just off the premise that he has a good name. I watched two games of him. Guy's got no strength. Doesn't really do a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, moves okay. Really stumpy too. Arm length is decent for. Yeah, he's yeah, got thirty three inch arms. Good. Yeah, despite yeah. being six foot two, but uh, my man, not very strong. I do have to give him that shout out, though. Juice Scruggs, elite football name, top, top football name in the class so far. Well, I have, I actually did watch Juice Scruggs as well, and I kind of moved on after a game because I was like, eh, I don't really, yeah, he didn't do it for me. Two guys that I wanted to shout out, we mentioned him early in the podcast, McClendon Curtis, who's the yes. other guard from, from Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Which I know you just talked to Rusty Smith, the head coach. Yes. Rusty Wright, excuse me, not Rusty Smith. Rusty Smith was a quarterback that played for the Tennessee Titans. Rusty Wright is the coach for the ten- for Tennessee Chattanooga. So McLennan Curtis, Joe, is you want to talk about big boy. Mm. It's a big boy, mm. man. He is six six, right? Yep, six six, down to three twenty five this offseason, apparently. Although he was three forty five last year. Didn't really look like it. Yeah. 35-inch arms, 35-inch arms, 6'11 wingspan. My guy is huge. He is a mountain of a man. So get him on your radars. I think he is a borderline draftable player. Not as good, obviously, as Cole Strange from last year, but he's worthy of talking about. Although, to be fair, last year, and I hate to to do this bit, but last year I think Cole Strange was a borderline draftable player, and he ended up going in the first round. Yeah, I mean, he had a big season, so good for him. And yeah. la- last guy I wanted to send a shout-out to Joe. This guy actually kind of surprised me a little bit. He's on my radar. His name is Cooper Hodges. He's an offensive tackle out of Appalachian State. He is a running, starting right tackle for them, but he's only six foot three, 309 pounds with 33 and an eighth-inch arm. Mm-hmm. So Not a big boy. 
Yeah, no, no, no. The, uh, the height and the weight are not huge, but he has decent arm length, but he's not going to be a tackle at the next level. And he is another guy that I think you would like a lot because he's a little bit of a prick. Like he plays extremely hard, physical, has some displacement power, solid athlete. Excuse me. Not a great athlete, though, but I think he's functional enough where mm. I could I could consider him maybe being a draftable player at some point, like if he takes a nice step. So he's got some things to work on. His film was actually pretty fun for App State. Ryan, I think that's good enough to wrap us up on. We've got Edge coming up next. Alex will be back. We should be having him on on the recap show at the end of the week at Joe DeLeo and at Rise and Draft at NFL Prospects Pod. And we will talk to you folks later. Enjoy your weekend. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.